0: Hello, and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you, and our hope is that you feel His love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. It's a very special Sunday where you're going to take communion together toward the conclusion of this message. And uh, the message today is going to be teaching about communion, what communion is and why communion is. And I believe that the Lord is doing some great things even in our midst presently right now. Uh, If you've got your Bibles, you can go with me to Exodus chapter 12, We're going to read the 7th verse, and then we're going to jump to the 12th verse and read 12, 13, and 14. We want to title this message today, Show Them Jesus. Show Them Jesus. And you might be surprised where we go with that. Exodus 12 and 7. Here we find the Israelites under direction of Moses, under direction of the Lord, getting ready to be delivered from 400 years of slavery in Egypt. The children of God enslaved under Pharaoh in Egypt, been there for 400 years, and God is now delivering them, having Moses to lead them out. At this point, we find... The final plague that the Lord brought on Egypt, and that is that the firstborn son in every house, that the death angel would fly through and would take the life of that firstborn son. But he made provision for the children of Israel that the plague would not affect them. And that's where we find ourselves. Exodus 12 and 7. They have just slaughtered a lamb, a pure, innocent, uh, spotless lamb. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lentil of the houses in which they eat. And so the, the vertical posts and then the post across the top – they would have a basin of the blood that had run out of this lamb, and they would dip into that basin of blood, and they would strike the doorposts, the vertical beams, and the horizontal beam. Go to verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, somebody say, when I see the blood. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a memorial for you, a memorial day. And you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast. Pray with me. Father, thank you again for today. Thank you for this word. Thank you for this communion service and that we get to share in it together. I need your help. I'm asking for your help that you would minister your word, your heart, to the heart of the people today. Take over. Take over. Move me out of the way that this would be all you, none of me. Father, that you could accomplish your work. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, you have here, you have the the literal, physical story. You have the actual thing that was happening at the time, and that is that the children of Israel were getting ready to be delivered from Egypt. And the death angel is getting ready to sweep through all of Egypt and pass through the streets and take this the life of the firstborn. But the provision that is made, and I really, really want to encourage you to go back and read the entire chapter, and really, you can read before and read after after, and get the whole scope of this thing, everything that had to be done. But today we really want to look at this part that the innocent lamb was slaughtered, and the blood was applied to the house. The blood was applied to the house that death would pass over anyone in the house that had the blood, that had the blood. Now, at the end of this, the word of the Lord is that every year, even though the death angel was not flying through again, they were supposed to have the meal again and again to remember How many of you understand it is so important that we tell our children what the Lord has done, that we tell our grandkids what the Lord has done, that the word of God should always be passed down, that his testimony should always be passed down. You know, we are careful in our homes with our children that our our kids don't have to carry the worry in the weight of financial situations and some of the things that we go through. And that, that is true. There is a truth to that. However, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, we also should let our kids know about the needs that we face and the things that are coming against us, that we can go to the Lord together as a family and pray, and then that your children see the hand of the Lord move that they know that it was not mom and dad's wit that got us through, but that God is the one that carried us through this tough financial time or, or whatever the case. So he told them to continue to have this meal to remember the Passover, when the death angel passed over. I think we get so used to the term Passover, we forget that it was a Passover that the death angel was going to wipe somebody out, but because of the blood he passed over and so the Lord says never forget the Passover never forget the blood never forget what held back death. Never forget what held back wrath, what held back judgment. Never forget, have this meal every single year as a memorial of the Passover. Now, not only is it a memorial, not only is it a looking back to the literal miracle that took place. But that Passover meal was also a looking forward. It was not only a memory of what had happened, it was a promise of what would happen. The Passover was not only a looking back, it was a looking forward. You know, when I look back at what God has done, I can look forward and know he'll do it again. When I look back at how God has taken care of me, I can trust that he's going to keep on taking care of me. When I remember that he saved me, I can know that he's going to keep me. And this Passover was not only a looking back, it was a looking forward. Not only was it a memorial of when the blood stopped the death angel, but it was a looking forward when the blood of the lamb was going to stop sin and death from destroying us, that we could be saved and that our names could be written in his book of life. Not only was it the literal miracle, but it was a promise. It was a promise of the blood of the lamb. You see, the blood of those Passover lambs that was placed on the vertical and horizontal beams of their house was symbolic of the blood that would be spilled on the beams of Calvary's cross. For Jesus, the Passover lamb, the scripture says he is the lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world, that death would pass over us, that our sins would be forgiven, that we would have fellowship with our heavenly Father, Jesus, our Savior, and the precious Holy Spirit, before we came to Christ we were dead in our trespasses. We were lost and undone without God and his son. But he reached down his hand for me. We were lost. We were dead and on our way to death, on our way to the second death, to the eternal death, on our way to perishing, John 3:16 would call it, to perish. But God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth on Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus, the Son of God, was given that death would pass over us. Now, just before Jesus was arrested... Just before he was arrested to be sentenced to death at the cross, he was gathered with his disciples for the very reason of observing the Passover meal. Somebody say, right on time. It is no coincidence that Jesus was slain on Passover. Come on, somebody. You can't just read the Bible, you got to read the Bible there is a reason that Jesus the Lamb was slain on Passover and his blood ran down the vertical and horizontal beams of Calvary's cross. One pointing up to heaven, the other pointing out to earth, and the Son of God hanging in the middle as the one mediator between God and man. Our sin sacrifice, the Savior of the world, the Jew's messiah the son of god hanging there between heaven and earth died for us on passover he was gathered with his disciples to have the last they weren't they weren't there just there to eat supper They were gathered there together for the Passover meal. They would have been sitting in that room telling the story about the children of Israel gathered in their houses waiting, waiting for death to literally pass through the streets and for people to start dropping dead in the houses and hearing the screams and the terror and the weeping and the wailing, the lamenting and the mourning, as those firstborn did begin to fall asleep in death throughout all the place that they lived. They would have been sitting in this room and talking about this, they would have been talking about what each part of the meal meant. How many of you came to that beautiful Seder meal that we had last year that Mark and Audrey presented for us? Beautiful Passover meal. And they, we learned so much. They, uh, Mark and Audrey went through all of the, the different blessings and told us what each thing on the plate meant. And we will definitely do this again, too. Went through every part. And this is what Jesus and the disciples would have been doing. They would have been having that same meal and talking about all of these things, but the disciples would not have fully put it together yet that they were sitting, eating Passover with the lamb, that they were eating Passover with the fulfillment. I have to think about the discussions that would have taken place as they reflected on their people being in slavery. As they reflected on the miraculous hand of the Lord to bring their people out. And something that I've preached about many times, but I can't help getting around it right now, is this. On the night of the Passover, can you imagine the fear that existed in some of those houses? Can you imagine the emotions? And this is a thought that I had several years ago that has brought me such incredible encouragement and comfort. And it is this. I want you to picture with me two of those houses side by side. And Israelite families, a mom and a dad and children gathered in this one. And a mom and a dad and children gathered in this one. And they have both done exactly as Moses said at the word of the Lord. They have both prepared the Passover meal. And they have both slain a lamb. And they have both applied the blood to the doorposts. And now they sit waiting. And inside of one of the homes, perhaps a child scared looked to their father and said, Dad, do you think the blood will work? And maybe that dad was scared himself. And maybe the dad looked at his child and said, Son, I sure hope so. We did everything that Moses told us to do. I hope the blood will work. Dad, are you scared? I'm scared too. I hope the blood will work. Maybe in his worry... Maybe in the angst of his mind, maybe in the turmoil, maybe in a moment of weakness and frustration during some point of that evening. Maybe he got angry and scared and maybe some words came out of his mouth that he shouldn't have said. Does that happen to any of us when we're angry? I wonder if any moms and dads got into any little spats that night while emotions were running probably higher than they ever had been, and maybe wondering what Moses had gotten them all into. I wonder if there was anybody complaining. I wonder if there was anybody cussing. I wonder if there was anybody yelling or not being real kind to one another, probably. I wonder if anybody drank a little too much that night to try to forget Well, we could create a whole list of sins that very, very probable were happening in those houses, couldn't we? And we look at that house full of sin. And when the death angel flew through, did the death death angel look inside of the house and say, Oh, there's sin in that house. I'll take their firstborn. The judgment that was flying through, did the judgment inspect any of the Israelites? Did the judgment take account for their behavior or their mistakes or their doubts or their fears? No. It was only looking at one thing had the blood been applied. He didn't say, when I see your perfection... He didn't say, when I see your good behavior. He didn't say, when I see your righteousness. He didn't say, when I see your perfect faith. He didn't say, if you don't doubt and if you don't fear. But what he did say is, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. The question is not, how bad are you? The question is, how good is he? He's not looking at the sinner he's looking at the sacrifice he's not looking at you he's looking at the blood and when he sees the blood he passes over you the question today is not how good are you the question is have you applied the blood the question is not how perfectly are you believing? The question is, do you have enough faith just to put the blood on the door? Childlike faith, mustard seed faith, just a little bit of faith. You do a little thing, God does a big thing. You do the, the, the believing, God does the saving. You place the faith in, God does the keeping. When I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And thank God or I'd be dead already. We wouldn't really even want him to look in our house this morning on Sunday. This house. Because we've thought enough and done enough. It's so strange because a few days ago, you know, sometimes dealing with paperwork and dealing with taxes and dealing with the city and dealing with business, you go through a lot of stuff. And I had to go up to City Hall the other day and take care of a little something that wasn't even anything. But, boy, I was frustrated. And I told Lisa and Tiffany when I got back to the shop, I said, I have cussed more in my brain today. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Anybody? Can I get a witness? I said, I have cussed more in my brain today. So in the lobby this morning, Tiffany, Lisa Ashley Skagg said, I had a dream about three days ago. She said that you were driving down Main Street cussing like crazy. She's a prophet, y'all. I said, you were supposed to be praying for me. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Stuff like that's too much. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm so glad, I'm so glad that the holiness of God was not checking the screen in my brain that day, but rather that the blood has been applied to my whole life. And sometimes they make it out of my brain. But the blood has been applied. The blood has been applied. Maybe in the other house... Maybe the child said, Dad, you think the blood will work? And he said, absolutely. Absolutely. The word of the Lord said all we had to do was put the blood on the door. And the kid may have said, well, what if, what if everybody inside has not been behaving right? And the dad says, they didn't say anything about behavior. They said the blood had to be applied to the door. And the father begins to pour faith into his son. He doesn't, pour fa- he, he doesn't pour the son's faith into the son's own works. He doesn't build the son up to have faith in the son's performance. He keeps pointing to Jesus, pointing to Jesus, pointing to, Je- pointing to the blood, pointing to the lamb, pointing to the word that gave the promise I wonder if we have been building our kids up to have faith in their performance or faith in the one that came and died for us. So you have one house full of fear. You have one house full of faith. Both are covered by the blood. The death angel passes over both of them. They are both safe inside. It works for everybody. So one is saved and full of joy and peace. One is saved and full of fear and anxiety. When you decide where to go to church, you're just picking which house you want to live in. When you decide what message of preaching that you want to sit under, because you can go somewhere else today and get something else, You can go somewhere that, man, according to them, you couldn't stay saved to save your life. Or they tell you to get saved every single Sunday, and they make your sin bigger than the blood. Guess what? If they've accepted Jesus, they're just as saved as we are. But scared and not real nice either. Happy people are nice. Scared people are mean. And you've been to their church. Come on, somebody. When you decide where to go to church on Sunday, you're deciding which house. And I give you permission to leave the scary house and run to the one where we know we're saved. (laughs) Hallelujah. Get out. Get out. Oh, preacher, you can't talk that Get out. Get out. There's nobody can fire me here. I started this thing. We're not part of any organization, any denomination. Come out from among them. Get out of that scary church. Get out of that mean church. Get out of that legalistic church and come to a place that's full of life and people that love you and will build you up in faith knowing that the blood will work every single time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus and the disciples, they are there having the Passover and talking about the shadows and the typology and the meanings in the actual meal that they ate and that so many still eat today. Jesus and his disciples were there partaking, but on this Passover, they were about to hear something they'd never heard before. On the, whatever you said, amen. Easton, you want to know what happened next? I'm going to tell you. This is a good story. Jesus said something that they weren't ready for. Matthew 26, 26. Now, as they were eating, Jesus took the bread, and after blessing it, he broke it and gave to the disciples, and he said, take, eat, This is my body. Can you imagine? 1,500 years of Jewish people taking Passover, and this joker stands up and says, it's me. Come on. Can you imagine? This is why they were crucifying him. This is why they crucified him, because he showed up claiming to be God. The Son of God in a unique way, not like, oh, we're all the sons of God. No, he said he was the Son of God. This is why he's going to the cross. And it would have to shake their Jewish spines as they sat there at dinner with him. And he says, here, eat this. By the way, he's taking the most holy meal, the most holy picture of what God has done, and says, by the way, when you eat this, you're eating my body, which sounds pretty weird anyway. Take, eat, this is my body. The gospel of Luke adds, given for you. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you. It's my blood. This is a strange thing for your leader to stand up and say at dinner. Come on. What if you came to my house? What if you came to your pastor's house and I brought out a loaf of bread and I pass it out and I let you just start to get it in your mouth and I say, uh, yeah, this is me, eat me. (laughs) You might not come to another dinner. And then I serve you drinks, and just as you start to get it in your mouth, I say, oh, that's my blood. Go ahead and drink it. This is strange. This is strange. Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. By the way, when you drink my blood, I'm forgiving everybody's sin. That would be gross, wouldn't it? They had a difficult time understanding these words. This is not the first time this thought has come up and they had a hard time with it. He gave this in a previous talk. Go with me to John 6, 47. And then we're going to jump from that one. We're going to skip over 48 right to 49. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. So manna was bread from heaven. It was bread that came down from heaven, and Jesus is also the actual bread of heaven. Manna was a prophetic promise. It was actual provision, but it was also a prophetic picture looking forward of the bread of heaven that would come. That's why you got to read the Bible. Come on. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and died, but this is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. There it is again, telling them that they have to eat his body. And the bread. Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.